All right. Perik Igeres Hakodesh. Perik Chavtes. So it's a, in a traditional time, it's on 296. The, a wife of valor is the crown of her husband. Now, this Pasuk is darshan by Chazal. Where is the Pasuk, man? What does it say there? It says, uh, It's a Makes sense because there's another Ashes Chayel that we say from Mishlei. It's on Davchov Ches and Megillah, page 28. The Gemara there, Megillah, quotes a Mishnah in Perkyavis. Mishnah in Perkyavis is a horrible thing. I mean, I shouldn't have said it that way, but it's. Mishnah there says that somebody who utilizes a Talmud Chacham will be taken from the world. That's what the mission in Perkyava says. Yeah. The eject button. Says the Gemara there, That refers to somebody who makes use of someone who is, uh, this is a really weird language, to someone who learns halacha. Why, says the Gemara, Oh, why is it doing that? Kisra Shel Torah. It's the crown of Torah. So he asks, I'm sorry, we skipped one thing here. Tanya de Belio, famous thing we say every day. Anybody who learns Allah every day, it's promised, he's committed to him that he's going to be a member of the Olam Abba, the world to come. So number one, number one, why is halacha referred to as a tag? We know what a tag is. It's those fancy crowns that are on the letters. Kisr Shalter, the crown of Torah. That's question number one. Why dafka somebody who learns halacha? That person is going to be the ben of the Why not any learn any area of Torah? What about somebody who learns chumash or navi? Even if somebody only learns one chapter of Mishnayis in the morning and one chapter after Mairev, nighttime, he has fulfilled the ab- obligation of learning Torah. Why does it need to be Mishnayis? Why can't it be again Chumash or something like that? So clearly you see that there's going to be a lot of talk here about Halacha Mishnah. Okay. It is well known. The very frightening teaching of the Arizal. Quoted by numerous Svarim. That every Jew needs to come back in many incarnations. Until the person fulfills all 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, in all three areas, in speech, in thought, and in action. What's the point, says the Arizal? Because we need to perfect the garments of one's soul, and to rectify them, that he shouldn't be partially naked. 
Now, says the Arizal Levad mitzvahs of Tulius The exception to this rule are the mitzvahs that only the king fulfill, can fulfill. Because Shumaitzi Kal Yisrael, that the king has the ability to fulfill this on behalf of all of Kal Yisrael. Kihu Klole is Kulam, because he is a Nefesh HaKlole, he is the Klal of Kulam. The Rambam's language is, interestingly, Shalibay Hulev Kal Yisrael. The Rambam writes that the heart of the king is the heart of the entirety of the Jewish people. So, therefore, the, the Melech doesn't actively need to fulfill, or the, or the Melech can do the mitzvah on behalf of everybody. Ve'atam, what's the reason? The reason behind, as we say in Yiddish, what's the reason for this? Who k'day lahalbish kol taryag b'chinois v'koychoy because the person needs to accommodate and it's interesting in English we have a word address here he's saying dress that the person needs to activate to clothe, to garment you have this um, we have this um, issue where we have uh, Charlie horse yeah? when you don't use a muscle and then all of a sudden you go uh, rowing or something and then you can't move for the next week because you use muscles that you never knew existed. So, yeah, no joke. So what happens here is that, spiritually speaking, every one of the 613 limbs and sinews of the person has a spiritual component. The way to activate them, to dress them, to to see to it that they have levushim for eternity is by the fulfillment of all the mitzvahs. So every mitzvah has an accommodating, has a corresponding uh, aver. And if the mitzvah is fulfilled, then that aver is dressed, and it's naked and bereft, and therefore it needs to come back. Now, so he asks, like, what's up with this thing? Like, why is it needed? Why do we got to dress our garments? And why are levushim needed? What, what is the whole yesoid behind this? Give me, give me something I can sink my teeth into. Can you take off that ridiculous hat? <laughs> I like it. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> now, well, beer onion. Here we go. It's the beer, the explanation of the Zach is Azoi. The requirement, the need for these types of garments is explained clearly in the Zayra Kodesh and it's self-understood to anybody with brains which is why he needs to explain it to us I mamish love this this is so sharp and brought down to after the last few program that were impossible this is like a breath of fresh air. Here, I'm going to give you guys a break and actually give you something you can understand. So, due to the fact that the nefesh and the ruach and the neshama, so all of us assume that they're all very spiritual, spiritual lofty things, and they are. But they're still nivroim. They're creations. They needed to be created. Even the neshama is a creation. And therefore... Listen to this. The e efsha lishum nivra. 
It is impossible for any creation that was exalted angel, the Saraf Taifanim, I don't care who it is. If it is a creation, it is impossible. A creation cannot grasp the Creator. Can't be done. The Creator is infinite. A creation, by definition, is finite. And it's impossible for the finite to grasp the infinite. Kenished. It just is geinished. Now, here is the big surprise. Even after the Rebbeinu Shalom shined forth from his oil, from his energy, the Hetzel b'pchinis hishdal shalus madregis rabbis madregach madreg. Even though we know that there's this process that the Mikubalim talk about called hishdal shalus, it's this chain, these filters that the Rebbeinu Shalom allowed his creation to be filtered again and again and again, millions and millions of times, until. He limited the amount of air that comes through so that his creations could relate to him. Bibchines, the word for that is tzimtzum, right? Bibchines tzimtzumim atzumim, up to the next page. Ulevushim rabim ba'atzumim ha'yidum li'yedichem. And the Rebbe Shalem allowed them to go through all of these various filters and garments that are known to those who know the secrets. V'nikroim b'idur rabba b'shem Cyrus. The Zayra condition, the section called the Idra Rabbah, refers to this process called hair. Why? Ukdiksiv bi Daniel quotes us in Lakuta Torah. It says in Daniel Visarisha referring to Kabiyocha, the Rabbanish Lam, Ka'amanok, it's like white wool, like clean white wool. Why is it compared to hair? Anybody who's ever taken a haircut, which excludes some present company. So they know that if you cut hair, even at the end, the hair grows further. How does the hair at the source that grows know what happened at the other end of the hair? There's some kind of message system. So come to the Kubalim. Huh? Yeah. Come to the Kubalim. And they say that even though hair appears to be lifeless, to the point where most people, when they take a haircut, it doesn't hurt. There are no nerves in the hair. Nonetheless, there is life. And therefore, there's communication. So, but, due to the fact that the amount of energy of life that's in the hair is so limited, therefore, a person doesn't feel pain, unlike other areas of the body where one would cut, you'd feel pain. So hair is used for the concept of tzimtzum. It There is a little bit of life, but it's very, very little. That's what the revenge of allowed to flow through into the world is a drop of energy similar to the hollow um, existence of hair. Despite all of that tzimtzum, this is incredible. Fourth line. Afal pike, despite that, even the highest level of even the neshama would not be able the neither the nefesh nor the ruach the neshama would be able to swallow to tolerate even that tiny bit of air that flows through 
even that tiny bit of chiyas that is allowed through the system would be too much for even the neshama to bear. Like the Pesach says, we say this, that's the capital we say in Elul, in Tishrei, to be able to see the sweetness, sweetness of Hashem. These are all languages of pleasantness, of sweetness. An infinite amount of pleasure. Now here he, he almost does a flip. He says on one hand, we wouldn't be able to tolerate it. On the other hand, we'd never be able to get enough of it. it. Due to the fact that we'd have one little taste of it, the thirst and the yearning, it comes about as being in touch with the Er Hashem would be completely, um, it would create such yearning and thirsting that we'd never get enough. So on one hand, we wouldn't be able to tolerate it. At the same time, we want more. The shalitetse minartika that would it would it would be impossible that the neshama should not want to escape from its cover from its sheath and it would cease to exist. Where do you see such a concept? Kener ba'avuk. If you if you hold a small candle, small flame, next to a torch, the flame, the little flame, jumps into the big flame. So, so too, the neshama, in any exposure of godly existence, the neshama would jump into the big flame. And its own separate existence would cease to exist. Unless... That from this air, from this energy itself, there Hashem created another form of timtzum to allow a tiny bit of this energy to flow in a way of step after step. Similar, just a an illusion of the essence of this infinite godly light. The Rebbeinu Shalom put that into 613 mitzvahs. And those 613 mitzvahs become to dress, to address, to fulfill the needs of the Nefesh Ruchen With this intermediary called mitzvahs, that are in the form of a levush, that levush becomes the bridge that allows the neshama to relate to the infinite. It has some of us, that's what every bridge is, right? It has some of one side and some of the other. It has enough gashmi, that's an action, but it is the Ratzon Hashem. And he's going to explain that allows the neshama in its um, connection to benefit 
from the shine of this energy, to stay with it, to grasp it, and not to expire from its existence. If you want to use a metaphor of someone who looks at the sun, like somebody, if somebody looks through the sun through a clear piece of glass, they're going to blind themselves. If they look through a very, very darkly colored glass, like we had with the, uh, what was that Mishigas called when everybody went out with the glasses, huh? The eclipse. So then you're able to see through the darkness. Here too, the way we are able to see the Rabbeinu Shalalim Kaviyachal is through the darkness, through the Maisa Mitzvahs. He brings a, a reference to this in the Torah. It says, Vayave Moshe b'seicha anon. Moshe Rabbeinu went up in the cloud. He was garbed in the cloud. And he went and was able to see through the cloud. Not despite the cloud, but because of the cloud. The cloud is what allowed him to see. That's what he's got there. <laughs> this concept of Moshe Rabbeinu being able to see through the through the cloud. That's why you have it by Har Sinai. You have all this ash and the smoke and the cloud and all these things. They're all filters. So is that what it means? Before we say the by your light, we see light. Very good. Excellent. Concealed in the mitzvah. Now, after the period, this energy, this light that's concealed for the tzaddikim, as Chazal say, for the world to come. It's called the sweetness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and this ultimate. Pleasure, lis anegal Hashem, vidalid meis al midichsufin, and there are four hundred worlds of yearning. The mis angibayin tzadikai the zera kodesh writes that the tzadikim go from one of those worlds to the other. It's like a shmorg in New York. Lahavdil, kameshiksiv arba meis shekel kesef, like it says there by Avraham Avinu. There's four hundred shekel kesef. Hine, I want you to understand. There are infinite numbers, levels upon levels. This tiny bit of upshine, of ray, that comes down. That goes down stage after stage. To create this levush called a mitzvah. It is from the very, very last, the final stage of this life. It's from the backside. It says there like this, from that which was left behind, that's where the mitzvahs come from. So he gives us an example. 
example is a very, very Chabad example. wonder why. He says, Let's analyze humans. Humans have built into them the capacity to experience pleasure. Shemis Anegas, this is a surprise, that the human takes pleasure from things that he could have pleasure from them. You could well imagine that on these, this line itself there's like books written. Why he repeated that obviously you take pleasure in the things that you take pleasure from them. Because there are things that we take pleasure in that you don't have pleasure from them. For instance, he brings as an example... Sometimes we choose things that we don't have actual pleasure from, but psychologically we decided that we have pleasure from them. For, for instance, a person who has a bad dream that fasts. So it is the choice of fasting that at this time gives them some solace and some peace. Right? Even though clearly it's not a pleasurable experience. But in this situation, it is the greater the pleasure. Right? Anyway, Kamai Mehaskolas Seichel Chodesh. He says, I'm going to give you a much more practical example. Like experiencing a new idea. Something you haven't thought of until now. Ukai Governor, something like that. Upchinis Chitsoinis Vachurayim Shal Koyach Upchinis Hatanik Shaboh. But if you want to analyze, he said, the internal capacity of that which is related to pleasure, the last point in the world of pleasure is the desire to have pleasure. Okay? Now the pleasure is much deeper. The desire to have pleasure is really leads to the pleasure. But it's not the pleasure itself, right? The fact that he wants what he wants, clearly something that's not going to cause him pain, pain is the opposite of pleasure. So, the sign for the pleasure is the lowest, the most accessible, if you will, component of it. Now, so to let's understand this now in godly terms. The the of is only secondary to his pleasure. Right? For us, our desire to experience the pleasure is going to lead us to the pleasure, but it's not the pleasure itself. So too, when we speak about Ratzah in Hashem, I'm doing the will of Hashem, that's not the pleasure itself. That's just that which is going to lead us to HaKadosh It's only a stage towards that pleasure and that sweetness. And that incredible pleasure. Those 400 worlds of pleasure. There's one difference. In human beings, it's two stages. 
But with the Almighty, it's all unified in, in the ultimate unification. Because whereas in humans, it's two stages. In the godly sense, he and his Ratzin are one. And it's nothing like human desire. There's actually no similarity to the metaphor that I gave you. I love when he does that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a metaphor so you can understand this. And then I want you to understand that it's absolutely nothing like the metaphor I gave you. Because it's completely different. But we need it to be able to understand it. There's not there's no similarity at all between them. But despite that, the reason we do this is because the Torah speaks in the same terminology as humans. You know why? The Shachachel isn't. To bend the ear. So that we'll be able to understand it somewhat. In a metaphor and in a, a rhyme, in a, in a uh, an allegory. Using the example of a nisham of a person, hakilula, where in the human experience he goes back to the metaphor that has no similarity to it. Hakilula the nisham of a human being contains in it pleasure and desire and wisdom and understanding. He says, now let's go back to the mosh. We see it so many times. When a person grasps some kind of brand new idea, at that moment, the person has a wow experience in his mind. Wow, that is really awesome. When you get that idea. Is Michlal. One thing you know. If your mind is grasping that idea, clearly the idea is much higher and deeper and greater than your mind. Because your mind is grasping that idea, right? Right now that idea is contained and embodied in my intellect. When a person feels that seichel and that wisdom, when a person grasps it and really understands it well, then he has access to even a deeper pleasure that is contained in that chachma. So on the first level, there's a geshmak. When he really goes through it and, and um, hacks it out from every side and really understands it, there's a whole new level of pleasure. And it continues and continues. The deeper the understanding, the greater the pleasure. That's why Bina, understanding, is referred to as the world to come in the Zer Kodesh. Because it is the world of the revelation of together with the pleasure in the world to come we're going to get not just the Chachma we're going to get the Chachma together with all of the pleasure that's contained and it's all going to be opened up we're going to have all the levels of understanding revealed before us all of the pleasure 
that's contained in it that the tzaddikim will be able, will be able to attain in Gan Eden and they will be able to grasp on the internal, on the secrets of Torah because it has to be this way because Torah comes from Chachma and Hashem and His Torah are inseparable so if a person grasps any idea in Torah he immediately has access to all of the pleasure that is associated with that one idea, which is the infinite levels of godliness contained in every detail of Torah. Now, taking that to the logical next step, This Rotzain, not Chachma, but Rotzain Elyon, the desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is referred to in the words of the true wise men as Keser Elyon, as the highest crown. Ubay, and in that Keser, it's called the Kesser because it has Taf, Resh, Chaf, Amudei Ur. There are 200, 600, 620, which is 613 plus 7, pillars of light. Let's use another incomparable metaphor. Just like you find in a large room, in a huge hall, there's a concept called pillars that hold up the ceiling. So too, when we're referring to the Keser, blessed is he, it's uh, the reason you put a keser, a crown, on top of the head is because it is higher than, right, the It is higher than, and it surrounds the intellect. But this is even higher than that. What's higher than Chachman bin Adas? Ratzin. The desire is not subject to intellect. We've talked about this all the time. But the fact that likes and dislikes are not subject to intellect. You're never going to convince a woman not to like chocolate. Or me. Or not to, li- or not to like Ethan. And that highest Ratzin is wrapped up, contained, um, embodied in this these 620 pillars. Shirubam Kikulam. So let's analyze all of Torah. Most of them. Hemitzvah Maisis. 
Most of them are actions, physical actions. Even those mitzvahs that are speech associated, that speaking is considered an action. Even those very, very, very few mitzvahs that are dependent upon thought, I believe, or on their emotions. Yeah, okay, you could argue it's a spiritual mitzvah. But when can a person fulfill that spiritual mitzvah? Only as long as he is in a physical body. Where he has choices. We can choose either good or evil. So it's all, all about the physical. Because the reason is, we have to understand that mitzvahs are in the way of a metaphor. They are like the pillars that stretch to the highest places. Higher than Chokhmah, higher than Bina, higher than Das, than any Chokhmah Satayr, are mitzvahs, because they are Rotsayn. Rotsayn is the infinite will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what they are. They're, they're, it goes all the way to the Keser. They're called pillars because they stretch and reach all the way to the lowest physical places. Achumri is this physical place. Now he's going to so that's when it goes from below to above. Now he's going to do the opposite. And it's like hollow pillars that when a person is involved in the fulfillment of a mitzvah, the person is completely enwrapped. Or his spirit or his soul at the time that a person is fulfilling the mitzvah, they are completely enveloped in the Ratzon Hashem. So just as the person is involved in the Ratzon Hashem, so too at that moment the person's nefesh and neshama are elevated through this pillar Adruma Malis to the highest of places. They're mamish literally wrapped up at that moment, completely bound up and connected to the Ratzon Hashem. So there's no separation, there's no barrier when we're doing a mitzvah. When we're involved in Torah study, so there's going to be madregas. The better you understand it, the more connected you are, the more spiritual and so on. But when it comes to a mitzvah, you're dealing with absolute Ratzon Hashem. It's not subject at all to the person's fulfillment of it in the way he's fulfilling You're doing a mitzvah, you're wrapped up in Ratzon Hashem. The person is completely wrapped up in the light of the highest through this garment they will merit in the world to come to see the sweetness of and these pleasures even above that level of kesev, they are the pnimius of the mitzvahs. Okay. Skip the parentheses for the moment. <clears throat> now, Kabbalistically speaking, the seven mitzvahs of the Rabbanan, they're not independent mitzvahs, we know that you're not allowed to add to Torah. 
But even though halachically, clearly, Hashem gave the power to the Chachamim of Sasur that you have to listen to the Chachamim, here he's not speaking halachically. They are, they stem, they are a byproduct of the biblical mitzvah. And therefore they are included in these 613. He's addressing here, where does the levush of the seven mitzvah go? He says, therefore, they are inclusive in the 613 that correspond to the 613 names of the person. This is what the Zayakadosh says. The inin uvdin tovin. Those good deeds, the avdin banash that a person does, they are drawn from the light of the shine of above, and they are that which gives the person the ability to experience the sweetness of Hashem. Now he asks Akasha, although in the Zayar, there he's talking about the lower, there's two main areas of Ganeiden, there's a lower Ganeiden and an upper Ganeiden. And there in the lower Ganeiden, Shalavushim Shom Hememitzvah Maesius Mamish, the Zayar says that the Levushim of the lower Ganeiden are from actual physical mitzvahs. Avabi Ganeiden Elyain says the Zayar, Halavushim Hemiruusa Vikavana Deliba Beiraisu Tlaisa. Ganeiden Elyain and the Levushim are comprised of the excitement, the yearning, and the Kavana, the intent of the heart when a person is learning and when a person is davening. So what's going on here? I'm telling you here that all of, all of Gan Eden is made up of these mitzvahs, gashmias and all this physical stuff that we only have access to when we're in our body. And here it says Gan Eden is made up of kavana and passion and excitement. Those are ruchnias thinking things. Well, which one is it? Is it the physical? Is it the spiritual? He says, no, you're learning it wrong. You got to learn it like a litvak. He says, don't learn that wrong. He says, it doesn't say independent kavana. Gadein Elyon is not made up of the pleasure of independent kavana on its own. It's kavana that a person has in mind when he is learning Torah or when he's davening. So meaning, yeah, the lower Ganeiden is made up of the action alone. The higher Ganeiden is made up of the action with the deeper kavana. But it's only the, the action itself that carries that kavana. It's a carrier. But without the kavanah itself, you can sit around and, and, and daydream all day long about the kavanah of Achilles Matzah. If you don't eat the matzah, the kavanah ain't going to do anything for you. Right? So, yes, there's tremendous value in the kavanah. It creates Ganeiden Elyon. But not the kavanah without a maizah. The kavanah he's talking about there is a person who learns to the That is also part of the mitzvah. Here, 
Thinking alone, is not a speech. A person cannot fulfill the mitzvah of studying Torah. The hero of the just with thought. Same is true of davening. <coughs> Excuse me. Umagam. And in addition to that, the advantage that intent has over speech and action, it's not independent. It's only from the illumination of Hashem's ultimate will. As I read already earlier, I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay. Now he's going to conclude the thought. This goes very quickly. It's very... Now he answers the questions he asked. We all know. Any of the mitzvahs that are contained in the written right? Without the art scroll. The old, you know, the old original version. It's completely concealed. Tom of It's hidden. The enemy is gala. It only comes to revelation. Tereshabalpeh. is inaccessible without Tereshabalpeh. So I'll give you a few examples. Tereshabalpeh says as follows. You shall tie them as a sign on your hand. And they should be Tereshabalpeh between your eyes. The Torah tells you not how, not what to tie. It doesn't even tell you what it is. Where is this spot between your eyes? And where is this place on your hand? The whole thing has no shot without a Torah Shabbat. What are you talking about, God? Until the oral law comes along and tells us. You got to put one box on your hand, four boxes on the head, and inside of them there needs to be four different scrolls. And the boxes have to be made out of leather, they have to be perfectly square, and they have to be tied on with straps of leather, they have to be black. The whole shop, and all the thousands of halachas of making tefillin shenemu balpeh. And your hand doesn't mean your hand; it means your arm. not the palm of the hand. And between your eyes means on your on your head, up on your skull, and not on your forehead. And so too, the same thing applies to all of the written law. The, the positive mitzvahs or the negative mitzvahs there's no revelation there's no explanation the only place that they're truly revealed is in the oral law I'll give you another example it says on Shabbos don't do any work it doesn't tell us what our, it's certainly not our definition of work. 
and the oral law explains that this refers to 39 categories that we know and it does not refer to schlepping around heavy stones and beams right, that we would normally say means work some people go to Miami for work right Say the same applies to other mitzvahs, whether positive or negative. Hence, stumais they are hidden. They can only be explained, revealed, and known only through the oral law. Therefore, it says about says, Do not neglect the Torah of your mother. Because in the way of a parable, All of the limbs of a child are included in the droplet of the father in tremendous concealment. The aim, but the mother comes along. She brings it to fruition. in her birth, Vlad Sholem. She takes a little droplet, and by the time she's finished with it, you got a baby. A full-fledged child with all kinds of limbs and sinews is called So too, literally, is called Remach Mitzvah Say all the 248 positive mitzvahs and 365 negative mitzvahs. They come from concealment to revelation. What's the beginning of that pasuk? Listen, my son, to the Musa of your father. That refers to the written Torah. It comes from the highest wisdom. But it's completely concealed until the mother, the Torah, which is the Torah, takes it and opens it up and makes it accessible to each and every person. Now we go back to the post, to the opening post. The woman of valor is the crown of her husband. Because the oral law that is referred to here as the woman who's able to take and develop the child. A woman is able to put up entire armies. Worlds. This refers to the concepts of Torah Shabal Pe. There is never going to be a number. No one can ever put a number on the Numbers of Svarim and development of Halacha. It's infinite. Tershibiksav. Don't you dare add a letter. Don't you dare add a dot. Tershibalpeh. Don't ever attempt to limit it. Every one of those Halachas is the revelation of. Hashem's rots and Hanelam, which is totally concealed by Torah It's concealed in the form of Torah Shabbiksav. 
and the true Ratzon that's revealed in these halachas is way beyond the mildest of the highest it's like a crown which that sits on the intellect therefore the halachas are called the crowns it is the crown of the Torah and for this reason now we makes under, it makes perfect sense Somebody who studies halacha is muftaglai. It's very clear that it is promised to him that he's going to have what to do in the Baba. He's going to live in the Baba. How? By his becoming embodied because he now is fully in touch with this highest wisdom that far exceeds any intellect. It's the concept of enveloping oneself in mitzvahs. We dare not forget, however, that the study of Torah is also a mitzvah. It's not only mazain, it's not only the true inner component of a person. It is a levush as well, because in addition to being the chachmas Hashem, it's also one of the levushim. It's also one of the garments, because it too is one of the Taryag mitzvahs. So it has both things. It's at the same time the garment, and it's at the same time it's also the mazen. It has both aspects of it. That's why Talmud Torah is connected Kula. But this gives us a glimpse into the, the tension between Torah and mitzvahs and the um, critical nature of learning Torah Shabbat Peh. Without Tereshavah Peh, we're left with no way to access Tereshavah Sav. Okay, Mandel, kill that.